0: Welcome to Lux's Litterbox. My name is Sean. Each week, my friend Cole and I talk about Davidson Sports and A-10 Basketball. But honestly, it's just a platform for Cole to rant about disc golf. Right now, we're in the middle of the A-10 2021 road trip preview. Each week, we talk to a different community member from one of the 14 teams in the A-10 about their school. You can check our Twitter, at LLB underscore podcast, to see which week we break down your school. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the road trip.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the 2021 A-10 road trip, the finale.
0: The finale. This is crazy. Who knew that, like, what has it been, like, three months at this point? It's been a long time. It's it's a bittersweet moment because it's sad that things are
1: going to change, but, like, it's very, it's more of a sweet moment because we're transitioning to the season. Super excited to do that. And we got more coming. I'm, I'm, I'm excited it's over.
0: So, that being said, we are very excited today to welcome our special guest, Mr. Sam Goldfarb. Sam, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you guys for having me. So, for the people who don't know you in our audience, what do you do for the A10
2: community? Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm like a Davidson sports commentator here, called a few Davidson games uh, last year. I do a lot of our soccer games and just overall Davidson basketball super fan, watching pretty re- not quite at Cole's level, but I've been watching uh, pretty regularly since I got in here like four years ago. So I'm I'm, I'm just, you can classify me as play-by-play guy slash big fan. <laughs> so I think last year you commentated
1: a game for us,
2: two games for us on ESPN Plus. yep yeah.
1: And so what in the future for this season are you looking at doing so far?
2: Oh, uh, not sure yet. Uh, they're trying to figure out their rotation. I don't know what they have me on yet, but whatever they put me on, I will do happily. So hopefully I'm able to get back in the booth for that. So starting off with this episode, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about how Davidson did last year and how they make you feel? how they meet expectations? Yeah, I mean, I think that there were mixed expectations. You have the, the the fan community, which expected a lot. You've got Kellen coming back for that fourth year. Uh, Obviously Carter Collins providing a punch off the bench and you got a lot of senior talent. So I think a lot of people, at least from my perspective, we expected us to compete. And I think we did that pretty well. Fourth in the A-10, right? And it might've even gotten the three. We're the three seed in the A-10 and 13 and nine did pretty well overall in the year. But then there's the expectations of the Media. We were ranked seventh in the preseason. And I think that was always going to be really, really egregiously low. And I think we proved that. But overall, I mean, I think we met my expectations as a fan, competed well, got a double bye, made it to the semifinals of the A-10 tournament. But also, there is that little bit of... Emptiness on one end where you're like, oh, I expect to do a little better, maybe make the tournament, and then on the other end where it's like, we did a lot better than
0: the media expected. Right. Well, I mean, on top of that, we did make a tournament, and that's that's big news. Any yeah. postseason opportunity is a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, a little bit disappointed in how we fared against NC State, but, I mean, it is what it is. I'm glad we made it just in general and got to got to see that and got to go for Kellen's senior in quotation marks year.
2: Yeah.
1: I think I'm on the same page with expectations. It
0: certainly exceeded the media's expectations
1: and, and a lot of people's expectations. But I guess like just from the fact that we were obviously really successful under Steph Curry and proved that we have a program that can develop talent that has a great coach. I feel like every year, no matter what, there's that sneaky feeling in the back of heart. Like no matter what the roster is, there's a chance that we could put something together and make a at large bid run or something like that. And, like even though last year. my head was saying, no chance of making the tournament. I was still checking almost every day what are, like, postseason odds or up until the end. So, like, I I think they exceeded my expectations, they exceeded the media expectations, but then there was also that small feeling from a fan perspective things could have been better but yeah aside from the actual team as a whole um which players that are coming back for ne- this season um stepped up the most for you last year exceeded your expectations the most
2: well obviously i mean the big one young Jun lee uh, as a freshman more relegated to with like a third option shooter off the bench for a lot of the year i think he got a few starts as well and then he emerges as a legitimate star second scorer alongside Kellen grady and a lot of people expected a jump but the degree he showed was quite impressive for me. And now he's being talked about in even NBA draft circles on mock drafts, which is kind of insane to me. And I think that that's another player we're going to have to watch for this year. Does he add that off the bounce game? That's going to be the crucial aspect. I also was really impressed by Luka Brejkovic on defense. I think freshman year, he was obviously a bit thinner. So we got pushed around a bit more in the paint. Bigger guys got rebounds over him. And we emerged as one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the nation. And if you told me that in 2018-19, that we would emerge as a consistently good defensive rebounding team, I would have called you crazy. And i got to give credit to Luka Brejkovic, who put in a phenomenal shift in the defensive class.
1: I think that Lee, honestly, might be one of the top storylines going into next year because while we might not have the same chance we've had in past years to make the tournament, Lee potentially getting drafted would do a lot for the program. And I think right now he's knocking on the door. He came out 71 um, in ESPN's top 100 NBA draft box specs. He's you know, in the 70s and others. Um, A lot of people have been asking me, and I'm kind of curious to see what your opinion is, what do you think his chances are of getting drafted this next season
2: are? I don't want to, like, keep heavy expectations on him because I think, for one, there's the aspect of, right, this is a guy that was talked about as a potential future star in the program, but we did not expect the leap he showed last year. We expected him to be a really good shooter and emerge as a very good player. He emerged as a 50-40-90 guy to a degree that none of us expected. So, in that sense, I think we don't want to sit here and and say, this dude's, for a fact, getting drafted come June. I think that that's just irresponsible, and I think that's keeping unnecessarily lofty expectations on him. But I do think that he brings a skill set that if he develops an off-the-bounce game and maybe becomes a little better defensively, especially, I mean, just trying to adapt on the fly to A-10 defenses. He's only had one really proper season to do it with last year being interrupted. I think if you add the two swing skills in a little bit improved defending and good off-the-bounce game, you could see him there.
1: Right. It would certainly be interesting given that He didn't even make—he was snubbed from, like, the third team all-conference, and he could have even made the second team. He didn't even make any all-conference team. And now to see him on top of any A-10 player in the ESPN's list was crazy— Another question I've been getting from random people and related to this is about Kellen Grady. Is there some shot in the dark that he,
0: that Coach Cal um, develops him and he gets strapped in the NBA in his fifth year in college? Yeah, and I think we talked to the West Pine Bills guys, and they were saying that he actually has the best, whatever metric they were using, he has the best value for uh, any player on that Kentucky roster this year. Well here's here's the big thing about Kellen. The biggest problem with him is teams would be able, and
2: not problem with him but problem he faced um was teams could key in on him a lot because he was objectively the number one guy. The guy would handle the ball and especially his sophomore year he went through ups and downs with that just being the primary focus of opposing defenses and Lee is going to face that as well this year. Kentucky's going to open up the floor so much for him because there are so many incredible athletes alongside with him. You got Severe Wheeler from Georgia, who's a fourteen-point a game guy. You got other dudes pitching in who scored double-digit points per night, transferring across the country. I think C.J. Frederick from Iowa is coming there as well, so who will open up the floor a bit more. And so, I mean, as as good as our rosters were constructed and as talented and well coached those teams were, you're dealing with athletes at Kentucky. Um, who will be able to take the pressure off him. And so I think that helps his draft stock a lot. And I think he's going to make more, it's going to seem like he makes plays on a more consistent basis. And it's because he just doesn't have the onus on him as much.
0: That being said, looking at this year, obviously we lose Grady and that's a big key piece. And like you had mentioned, Lee is going to be the focal point of how teams look and scout this Davidson offense. Who else do you think has the potential transfer-wise or maybe incoming recruit-wise to kind of add on to that and take the pressure off of Lee?
2: Yeah, and that's the big question. I think we we talked before filming, question marks at point guard and who's going to start there. I think we're going to require some sort of leap from the point guard spot, whether that's Foster, Lawyer, or Grant Huffman. Uh, But also, I've heard good things about Des Watson. I think he had a very impressive high school career. The dude's a slashing bucket and apparently he offers enough from three to keep defenses honest. We'll see how that translates. Also, I mean, we don't exactly know how Stearmer is going to look just yet, but he's an absolute shooter, and I think bare minimum, you bring a guy off the bench who can take some pressure off you by hitting you know, absolute buckets from three, that's going to help you a lot. So for Lee, the biggest question is, do you have enough guys around him that will stretch the floor enough? And then two, are there just enough guys who can score off the bounce? And I think that looking at Dez and looking at Storm, Uh, to do those kind of things could be very interesting.
1: So as we've touched on, foster lawyers, the the big name transfer coming in was a four-star when he got recruited by Michigan State. Um, and then as we've also mentioned, we got Des Watson you who know, had a great senior year in high school, um, Stamir Thrastsen from Iceland, and then the fourth guy we have coming in is Michael Katzok. So those who we're looking at coming in, one question that I have for you, um, so as Sean mentioned, Lee will be the focal point, but really it'll kind of be um, what I envision as like a two-headed approach where you have Lee on the perimeter and Luka kind of dominating inside. What are your expectations for Luka this season, and will he make up that leap to be
2: um, one of our star players? I'm optimistic about Luka. I think his defensive development is something that we just talked about and I've been very impressed by. But offensively, he's remained pretty stable. I think the thing for him is becoming a returning more to that consistency he showed in the post-freshman year. When he backs a guy down, he's got phenomenal footwork, and if he hits that hook shot from 5, 10 feet, he's really hard to stop. I think that's where you have to start building with Luka. And when he's on his game from that area, He's a very difficult mark offensively. Then the question is, does he stretch it out more to the three-point line? I've talked to guys in the program. They're really optimistic about what he brings there, and I am as well. He's got a good shooting stroke. He's just got to knock it down a bit more consistently and at a bit higher volume, and I think he can do that.
1: Right. I think that when I was doing my preview for A-10 Talk, I think his three-point attempts per game – was like tripled or quadrupled last season from the season before. I expect that trend to continue. I expect Bob, Bob McKillop to utilize them a lot. I think the ideal would just be to allow certain players to open up other players and kind of switch back and forth, whether the inside's opening up the outside, the outside's opening the inside, to kind of keep people on
0: their toes. Well, that's another big question that I think we have based on what the offense is going to look like this year. Davidson, before the last few years, was typically a pretty up-tempo offensive team, but we've generally slowed it down a ton these last few years do you think that with the new the new guard of players coming in that and maybe the more athletic players like Des Watson for example we pick up tempo a little bit this year I, I believe so.
2: Um, I think that for the big reason they slowed it down is they have guys who could score in the half court like Kellen Grady, like Young Joon Lee, who could run off screens and you could run your half court offense in an efficient way. And also probably concerns of the defensive end as well. Do we want to make this a high octane run it out game against a bigger, high, like more athletic teams like Bonaventure? And the answer is probably no. Here, obviously, you mentioned Dez coming in. You mentioned more more athletic guys coming in the program, maybe perhaps a new floor general and foster lawyer. I also just think that you're not going to be able to get as many consistent points out of the half court without a guy like Kellen, who was a safety net on so many possessions last year. I mean, if you watch the Dayton game, for example, uh, in Belk, the dude was bailing us out on a lot of key possessions, made a bunch of big shots, obviously hit the buzzer beater to send it to overtime. I think Lee's obviously a phenomenal shooter. You've got guys who will be able to— score half-court points, but for me, I think you got to run it a bit more because you don't have as proven an alpha like they had in Kellen. It was super interesting. I know
1: Ken Pomeroy had them still very low in tempo. 351 was actually their rank, which is just about what it has been um, the last year when it was pretty slow. Um, While we're there with Ken Palm, in the last two years, Davidson's offense has been in the 20s, like highly ranked offense, very efficient, and the defense has been ranked pretty like middle of the tier for all colleges so like 160 ish this year though in his preseason Kempom which just came out like a few days ago from when we're recording this he has the offense at 71 and the defense at 117 so um, a lot closer do you expect an improvement from the defense like Kempom predicts
2: I, I think there's definitely potential for it. I mean, obviously, we've seen how Luca's developed as a defender. I think Sam Menanga has the build to be a spectacular defender, and I think the thing about him is, obviously, it's freshman year – you're in an unconventional season. You're learning on the fly. I think a full proper offseason is going to help him miles with that. I think he was a pretty decent defender last year anyway. I think we will improve on the defensive end. I think we mentioned bringing Desin as well. Could bring some athleticism off the bench. And Nelson Boche, eat him, don't sleep on him. He's one of the most switchable big men in the league, I think. So it, on the defensive end, at least, I think we will be able to deputize. Obviously, I don't think we're going to have this big physical kind of mantra like a St. Bonaventure will bring to the table, or even a Richmond or, or Slough especially will bring to the table. But I think we're bringing in a good combination of heady heady defending and athletic defending that will combine.
1: So a question we've been asking everyone is, uh, like as a baseline, we've seen some power rankings. Three-man Weave has Davidson at six. John Rothstein had Davidson at six. and Talk had Davidson at six. Davidson Decoded's power ranking had Davidson at six. Is
0: that your expectation as well, or do you see us exceeding that, not exceeding that? Well, and also I want to say that we all participated in the Davidson Decoded uh, Davidson power rankings. So I I just want to see where everyone had Davidson. I think that's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, I I took an optimistic approach. I'm inherently optimistic about about what I'm going to see from the guys. I put us fourth. And I think the big reason for that is VCU's dealing with a lot of injuries. We talked about Baldwin still dealing with things, and obviously uh, Jameer Watkins being out. I think also they're reliant on a lot of development. I think Dayton as well is in a similar boat. Uh, you lose Jalen Crutcher, who, I mean, if we're being honest, in Belk alone, he was the crucial reason we lost that game. Uh, and so obviously there were other pieces as well. I think Amsel had a decent game in that one as well. I just think that both those programs are relying on a lot on development. and We still bring back a star in Young Jun Lee. So I think we're going to push for a double buy. We might come back and say that's too optimistic, but I'm going to have faith in the guys.
0: So on the completely opposite side of the spectrum, I went completely pessimistic in this power rankings and I had us finished eighth. I think I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I'm just with losing Kellen and with how we played and Shaped of last year I just don't know if the pieces that we have coming in are going to be that much of a difference and I'm just afraid that Lee is going to be left out there to dry with no other safety valve on offense and it's going to be a disaster of course I'm very pessimistic just in general about sports I'm a Vandy fan I'm used to it but you you wake up and you play the game that's why you roll the ball out there I hope we exceed expectations from what I have but of course I'm not the ultimate authority for this. Speaking of the ultimate authority, here's Call.
1: Well, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, so I took the very neutral opinion. I, in general, I am very scared of people getting mad at me and saying my takes are too hot. So across the board, my power rankings are pretty standard with what most people had on average. I had Davidson at six. I think actually, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think it's reasonable that with VCU not getting Ace back until probably like January or something, um, with Jameer Watkins out for the season, and I think Jaron McAllister also announced that he had an ACL tear as well. I think it's totally possible that we beat VCU. I think just the reason I had Davidson behind VCU is just saying what VCU... Seeing what they did to yeah. us last oh, year... percent It was a bad game for us. Of course, they don't have bones anymore, and that's a huge difference. And But at the same time, I think they, they have a big guy coming in from or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 no. From a tra- Washington. A transfer
2: from Washington, yeah.
1: And... And I just figured, you know, I feel like they're well-coached, they'll be able to step up, and they, they play well against it. So I had them at fifth, kind of conservatively ahead of us, but I think it's totally possible that we exceed that. And Dayton's huge question mark, so I think it's totally possible
0: that we could um, suppress them too. But at the same time, Dayton could also finish second in the conference, so you, you never know. And that's the thing. Other than St. Bonaventure, the top of the conference is a bunch of sort of question marks. Yeah. And so right. you feel like, obviously, one of the top teams, whether that's Dayton, whether that's Maybe even SLU, but uh, VCU, Richmond, somebody might flame out. Oh, I
2: mean, we saw with Richmond last year. That was exactly. a team that borderline expected to win the league. And, well, I mean, I'm sure Richmond fans won't like me saying this, but you f- they finished eighth and kind of flamed out at the end of the year. So, so
1: while we're on a topic of expectations and takes, um, one of my kind of hot takes that I've just kind of developed today was I feel like a lot of people, um, I think Lee is going to be in most people's preseason all-conference teams, maybe even the first team. I'm going to guess Luca probably will probably not be on like these conference all-conference teams, but I think that just based on how much I expect him to be involved and to improve this year, I think that there's a real chance that he could be a third team, second team, all-conference player. Um, Do you think that's possible as well?
2: I do, and it depends again on the development we talked about. I think in this kind of Touches back on the offense as well. But the thing about Luka is he's always been good in the pick and roll. Uh, rolls hard to the basket. Uh, manages to create around the hoop as well. If he can emerge as a three-point shooter, that brings out a pop threat. And if he can bring out the pop threat, he's going to be really tough to stop because you're adding in the dimension of rolling to the hoop and in your inside game with your outside game. And, I mean, that's the basic bread and butter of any good modern big, especially when you bring his defensive skills into effect. So I think it depends on the development, especially the outside shot. And if he can uh, remain consistent, especially defensively, I think that's very possible.
0: I think it's time to do our last off-roading segment. Oh, no. This is the last one. This has been um, my favorite part of the podcast throughout. But we're going to go now to more general questions. And, yeah, I mean, I think we should start with, I mean, obviously, do you have any Davidson hot takes? Could be about campus life. Obviously, we have a lot of – I have a lot of hot takes about Davidson uh, campus life and the basketball team in general. I yep. said they were going to finish eighth, and a lot of people would consider that a hot take. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'll go I, – obviously, I think my, my prediction as well could be considered as a hot take. We, we both went the opposite directions here, um, and we both have our reasons for that. And I think both are valid um, in terms of campus life. As a senior here, you know, I've been here a while – and I don't want to give any disrespect uh, to a- any of the food providers on on campus because I think they work their tails off. Like I want to make totally, that brutally yeah. clear. I, I like it's it's like I I we're all grateful for what they do, uh, but I will say the food gets kind of repetitive here at times. And really? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the big hot take on it is uh, out, outside of Wildcat Den. I just don't think there's a viable food option on this campus. Qdoba's coming though. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah Quadoba was supposed to be. On campus at the beginning of this yeah. semester, yeah, I,
2: I don't think it's coming. <laughs> I, know, I think
0: that is my hot take: is I don't think it'll be here until we're halfway through our junior year. <laughs> well, just, that is kind of hot. I'm
2: today. gonna have to like come back to campus two years post grad and finally try Kudoba on campus for the first time.
0: Oh, totally! And by that point, they're gonna have like Quidoba, and then there's gonna be like a Starbucks right next to it, <laughs> and then there's, and there's gonna be like a whole food court, and you're gonna be like totally missing out. Would,
2: but, hey, y'all benefit from it though. it will be
0: huge. I mean, be maybe huge. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: oh, all right. So this week was absolutely huge in college basketball. The season just seems like it's here already. Um, but a lot of things came out this week. Just a few days ago, we had CBS Sports give their all teams ranked. Davidson came out in 100. Ken Palm came out this week. Um, the top 25 came out this week. St. Louis announced that they're having a big facilities upgrade. And a lot of donations coming this week. We had barbecue power week. Just a lot happened. But I think I think of all of that, most. Thing that people will be on their mind is the top 25 the AP poll. Um, we talked about this a little bit before the episode, but you seem to um, have some disagreements with where the AP voters put some of the teams. Um, do you want to talk about that
2: real quick? I think Bonaventure is too low, and this is coming from a guy that isn't the biggest Bonaventure fan in the world. Uh, like, credit to him, they built an incredible program. But I think we looked at Maryland, for example, and like, obviously, you lose Aaron Wiggins to the draft. That's Russell is. Your point guard and might be your best, most reliable guard. I have to look at the roster again, but I'm just not very high on Maryland, especially front court. You could have questions, too. I think a St. Bonaventure team that's been together for years, just won the A-10 tournament and made made the first round of the NCAAs. I think that they're more than capable of, of being a, like considered a better basketball team than a team like Maryland. or some of those Power 5 teams ranked a bit lower in the top 25.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was crazy just to look at. First off, congratulations to St. Bonaventure on being in the top 25 just in general. Um, First time in 50 years, the first time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, on top of that, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how far up they go the rankings this year. We had on uh, Jack Milko last week, and he said that one AP voter had the Bonnies at 11. And he said that maybe they reach that point this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we see a top 10 St. Bonaventure team this season? Especially with – they play some pretty solid competition in the non-conference. And if they – play pretty well they could maybe reach that
2: I, I think it's definitely possible I mean we saw it in the offseason they were ranked top top 16 or, or I think they were 16th in like one of the first polls I'm just looking at like the rankings right now there are a lot of question marks around those power five teams towards the bottom like North Carolina will even have question marks first year under Hubert Davis Florida State like the big reason Florida State's there is because Leonard Hamilton's found a way to get it done every single year despite maybe not having the standout talent of other programs but we don't know when that sh- if that ship ever sales. And then also, I mean, you look at this, like Houston is, I think, another team very reliant on a Kelvin Sampson running the program, but nobody, not too many sticking out. So like, I think it's possible.
0: And then on on top of that, I just wanted to mention our friend, Callan Grady at Kentucky. Kentucky was a really big bust last year. Obviously they got beat early by Richmond, but even after conference play, they couldn't even get it going in the SEC. Kentucky is, what, top 10?
2: Uh, Kentucky is 10th,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, 10th. There's so much speculation for this year, specifically with all the transfers and yeah. with all the COVID seniors and stuff. I think yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how this top 25 shapes up as we go throughout the year. Well, and also when we look at, I mean, Kentucky, like it's it's just a, ton of, a ton of
2: transfers. You bring in Severe Wheeler from Georgia. You're bringing in C.J. Frederick from Iowa. You also bring in a guy, I think Ty Ty Washington's coming in there this year, like a bunch of different recruits. Anytime you have a team like that, there's 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 like going to be things that get tweaked, and you got to figure out. I'm optimistic about Kentucky. I think they got a lot of talent, but also, I mean, even like I mean, we looked throughout here, like Oregon's another one of those teams where we're just not sure about. It. I think they got a big transfer, but um, also you lose your top scorer in Duarte to the draft, and Will Richardson's supposed to pick up the slack in the front court. There's questions there too. I'm pretty sure. So I, there's just a lot of these programs. I mean, you talked Kentucky. I'm talking Oregon. There's just, when we look between the 10 and 20 range, where I look at that and I'm like, can a Bonaventure team that's been together and played well together, and if they're battle-tested, absolutely.
1: Yeah, another one I'm looking at, Memphis. I mean, Memphis has the ability to be one of the best teams in the league. I mean, you, you have some people ranking them really high. You have Bartorvik saying that they're almost like 100% percent bidlock. But in the past few seasons, granted, the teams are not as good. Like, they're going to be very good this year. Um, but the past few season, they've been a bust and um, haven't exceeded expectations. So it'll be interesting to see what those teams do. I think that St. Bonaventure, of all of their non-conference games, all of the teams that they're going to be playing should be will be. There's some really good teams. UConn, uh, I think they have the ability to play Virginia Tech. Um, they, or they will play Virginia Tech. They have the ability to play West Virginia. Those teams are very good, but I don't think any of them are ranked higher than them right now. So they 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 have a, they, they might be favored in all of their games, and some of those other teams might just lose because they're playing very good teams or whatever. I think St. Bonaventure is definitely going to have the chance to just kind of rise and rise and rise for the non-conference season. I, I'm really excited to see where, where their ceiling is. All right, the last time we're going to be asking this famous question. Um, we asked it all of our guests, in a battle to the death, who wins? 100 clones of Joe Linardi are all 14 A-10 mascots. All
2: right, uh, so I'm going to bank on the A-10 mascots. And the reason is is because Lux is absolutely jacked. Yes. Lux is jacked. Yes. And also, also let's just be honest. That Hawk annoys, annoys me to death, I won't lie. Like, like, when it comes to our games here at Belk and Flaps and, like, tries to wind us up, it's not the most, you know— uh nice thing to see but also that hawk must have like absolutely strong shoulders like yeah. those broad-shouldered hawk it has to have them
0: he must be like a swimmer or something too like oh for sure it, exactly. it's
2: he's on he or she's on scholarship right like on. like i mean I, the, the arms are definitely defined so i'm going to bang <laughs> on the mascots nice
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean it's so nice to hear some respect for the the guy looks um everyone else has come on like they praise the bilkin, the almighty yeah, bilkin, yeah, and, yeah, and the true. hawk Finally, some respect to Lux, there we go.
0: So also tune in next week, we're gonna have a final count of who won in total. (laughs) um, Whether we have more votes for the mascots or Lenardi. So stay tuned for that, that's gonna be very exciting. Yeah. All right, so next question that we have. So we've mentioned a couple times, this is the A10 road trip preview. We're coming to the end of the preview, but on a road trip, what would be your top three songs on your playlist?
2: Okay, so like does it have to have like a road trip
0: connotation to it or could it literally be
2: anything? It can be anything. All right, we'll go with uh All right, the first one I'm going to do, you know, Nice for What by Drake is always going to keep me going. Like it's it's always going to keep me going. It takes me back to when I graduated high school, you know, the 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 good memories of that. So we'll go with that. And number 2, we'll go Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Oh yeah. It's a good it's a really good song. And then number 3, yeah, my friends give me a lot of uh uh, crap for my music taste by the way no i love um, it and uh number three uh this is fun we'll go uh uh break free by ariana grande i'm Amazing. A big fan of that song
0: okay so next question i have one more that i just thought of what do you think is your favorite davidson area joint i think me and cole i don't know about you yeah i want to
2: hear today. i want to hear your guys first See, I'm, I'm a I'm big barcelona
0: burger fan okay i feel like that's that's a really great spot for i mean for your money it's a good burger um, when you want something that actually has some some flavor to it, yeah.
1: I feel like I didn't try enough last year. Really? No, I mean I like Barcelona Burger a lot. Like I like the environment too, so yeah. it would be up there for me. I don't know. I haven't really. Every everything's like tastes good. I don't know if anything's really jumped out and like, oh my god, this is so amazing. I love this
0: so much. What about the bojangles that shorted our food that one oh. time?
2: I think my best Davidson spot. You know, I like Carburitos. I, I oh, actually cool. really like Carburitos. I really like Carburitos too. Yes. I, I think it's it's really good value. They give you a huge burrito for 7 bucks and chips. I think that you can't really go wrong with that.
1: Yes, if you're ever in Davidson or you're in Carborough, which is outside Chapel Hill, go to Carburritos and just get chips. Like the chips are – okay, yeah, that's my pick because the chips are just really good for no reason. Yeah. They're so good.
0: Actually, that being said, pizza's pretty good, too. Mandolinos, yeah. Mandolinos is yep. pretty good, and then also um, Alino's Pizza. Oh, oh,
2: I've had Alino's. Okay, yeah, Alino's I mean, is good. Alino's, Alino's is really is good. Alino's is very yeah.
0: good. It's like a New York style. Like, it's good, good. Yeah, um,
2: and they give you a lot, too. They give you huge a huge pizza, portion. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's good, too. Thank you so much for
1: coming on. Sam, um, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can catch me on Twitter at Sam underscore Gold 22. I try not to incessantly tweet about Chelsea games too much. Um, so I'm trying to tone that down a little bit. Also, uh, pretty much like if there's a Davidson sporting event on ESPN plus, um, there's a good chance you might hear me on it. Um, so if you're trying to watch a men's soccer game, there's one, there's one tomorrow and there's a women's soccer game Thursday. So you probably hear me on that.
1: Yeah. Go follow Sam on Twitter. Go follow the young rising star in the commentating world. (laughs) You don't want to miss a thing with that. Uh, And now to close things off, um, we have all our guests give the Lux's litter box Roar or Meow.
0: Can you give us a Roar or Meow, Sam? Roar. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) And with that, we have closed out our 2021 A10 Road Trip Preview, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. We've gotten – I said this last week, but it's happened again this week. We've gotten so much support. It's crazy how all of a sudden – People, I think people are excited for basketball season. I really think people are just, like, on the edge of their seat waiting for basketball. And, of course, it's always exciting when we see someone in the conference ranked to start the season. For sure. But, um, yeah, Cole, what do you have to say about this, this road trip preview that we've been on?
1: Yeah, as I said, it's a bittersweet moment, but got bigger and brighter things ahead and the basketball season ahead. I am super excited. We have some fun stuff planned for you guys. Uh, Nothing set in stone, but one thing is um unless sean edits this out because it's not actually sandstone but um we have recorded a lot of great audio we've talked a lot of similar questions gotten some great reactions and we want to put it all together for you guys in a comprehensive breakdown of the atlantic 10 conference uh just just running down you know highlighting the best audio clips from all the episodes who picked who in the joe Lenardi versus mascots question what were everyone's favorite roger songs um, crazy predictions like Fordham's Basketball Renaissance, Coach Kim English winning a national tournament, St. Bonaventure to the Final Four. So many great picks. We're going to put it all together in one episode. Um, but other stuff, you know, we're going to be doing stuff during the season. So I'm going to have a lot of different guests from different schools to cover games, break down games, you know, keep covering the 810 and all of the storylines. It's going to be a fun season. So make sure you go hit that follow button on Spotify and make sure you follow us on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go Cats. That's your line, though i <laughs>